Hi friends, welcome to today's episode. I am so excited to introduce you guys to my friend Allie, who is the founder and CEO of Financially Focused, and it is a financial literacy company helping people create a flexible financial plan that they can actually stick to. She has been featured in Business Insider, Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, GVL Today, and Cola Today, and WSPA 7 News and more. Allie is also my sidekick of Netflix shows. She loves Virgin River as much as I do. And I am so excited to introduce you guys to Allie today. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger podcast. And I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women. And she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. Allie, welcome to the show. Yay, I am so excited to be here. I wish this was a Virgin River episode, but that will just have to be for another day. You know what? Maybe I should like start doing recaps of my favorite things in life and then we can just talk about like the Virgin River episode. I mean, you and I could go down a tunnel. We've talked a lot about how this last season is just not physically possible to happen at the end and we won't ruin it in case no one has seen it, but it's worth seeing it. The end just realized that it might be a little disappointing. Bloodline third season ending also was really disappointing. I was like, what did the writers just decide? We're not quite sure a family would probably go crazy at this point. So they're going to all go crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that show. Well, like I said, we'll have to do like a show recap episode where if someone needs to know what to watch on Netflix, we just give them like what to avoid, what to watch and like when you might be annoyed with the show. Ooh, that might be a great episode. I love that. Before we dive in, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, so I'm Allie Williams. I live in South Carolina, um, was born and raised in New York, but I have a nine-month-old. Like you said, my company, Financially Focused, our goal really is to help women and couples create this plan that you can stick to long term for, you know, me um, and my husband, we started with $154,000 of debt, uh, paid it off while 
paying for our wedding, um, still saving for retirement, still getting college season football tickets. So my approach is you can find balance between debt saving, investing, spending. It's just um, learning what to prioritize in certain seasons and, you know, just um, kind of get this more like holistic plan together. So I personally think money is a lot of fun. Um, obviously, it's a lot, very stressful for a lot of people. Um, but my goal is to make it less stressful, more fun and manageable. Yeah. And I love how you always tell people like you can save and do your stuff and still have your Starbucks. And I was like, yes. Yeah, that's literally me. I get Starbucks. Like if anyone follows me on Instagram or if you do after this, you'll see I get Starbucks multiple times a week. Like, and my husband gets it too. So you have to think that's two drinks every time. So we get Starbucks a lot. My husband, um, he acted like he didn't like Starbucks before we met. You know, he's like, oh, I'm never going to drink Starbucks. Like, that's just crazy. And then now he's the one who's like, coffee today? Like, are we getting Starbucks today? So <laughs> that I kind of like formed that. I kind of like brought this upon myself a little bit, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I think it's a unique way of talking about financials. And I think that there's a shift in like the world of financials, which if listeners don't know, I come from the world of financials as well because I have my insurance license. I used to work for one of the Fortune 500 insurance financial planning firms. So I kind of have like the same thing and I've seen the world of financial change probably just like you have too. So just so the listeners are like, Michelle, what do you, how do you know what you're talking about? Because I really actually am licensed in things. I just don't use them anymore. I use them for personal use or whatever. That's all that matters. Yeah. So why don't you tell the listeners, so how did you get into coaching people in their financials and what did that look like for you? Yeah. So, you know, normal path college, like graduated and bought a new car because that's like, you know, the adult thing to do, buy a brand new car. And so my car payment was $415 a month. Um, and to me, that was like, I could manage it with like, you know, my budget and whatever, my first like, you know, real job after I graduated. So I was like, okay, you just that's normal, you have a car payment. Like to me, that was just always normal to have a car payment. It didn't even cross my mind that you could like, not have a car. (laughs) Um, And so I was paying this, you know, car, thankfully, I didn't have fancy taste. Uh, it was just like a 2013, which is the year I graduated college, uh, like Hyundai Tucson. But, you know, I wanted like the sunroof and whatever. I was just clearly had my needs, you know, after I graduated. So had my car payment, was paying 415 And then I was like, oh, my gosh, like I could do so much with this money if it wasn't going to my car, like $415 a month, like not a year, like a month. So then it started to like get me thinking like, OK, if I like can pay this off faster, like then I can use this money for like other things. And I was obviously a recent college grad. So I still wanted to like go on trips with friends. And like, I was in Indiana at the time. um, So we'd go to like weekend trips in Chicago. And like, you know, we kind of like I explored a lot of the Midwest because I was never there before. So I wanted to find this balance. Like I want to still go out and like do stuff. But like, this payment is insane. Um, So then I didn't want to work until I was 70. You know, like the thought even as a new grad, like recent grad, the thought of me like in this job till I'm like 65, 70, like I was just like, I just don't, I don't think I'll make it. Like, I just don't want to do it. And so then it was like, okay, well, how do I avoid that? Or at least get myself in a position that I maybe can be work optional or choose a job that like is part-time or like not choose a job based on the salary or different things like that. 
So I started doing a ton of like research on my own, figuring all of it out. I actually started a blog. That's how all of this kind of started. So um, I started my blog and just sharing like my journey and like what I was doing and like different things. I didn't really know. Honestly, I didn't even know really Dave Ramsey. Like I heard of him, but I didn't realize he was like this big person, you know, big thing. Like I didn't follow any real specific guru. I just kind of did my own research, like podcasts and books and articles, read a ton, started a blog. And from a blog, you know, I got so many questions from people like, okay, well, how can I do what you did? Or like, how can I do this too? So that's how kind of the coaching evolved more from need. Then I got my MBA in finance, which like was fine. I mean, wasn't like needed for my coaching business? Like, no, but the time my corporate job paid for it. So I was like, might as well get my master's and work full time and do all the things. But long story short, it was from my journey of figuring out like, even at 21 years old, like there, ha- I, I, there has to be more, like I have to be missing something. <laughs> there has to be more to this. Um, and then just sharing my journey and what I've learned, you know, people resonated with it. I was very open about my journey, like how much I was saving, how much debt, why I was paying off. Even when I um, met my husband, like I was debt free at the time. He had $154,000 of debt. And so I married into six figures of debt. And, you know, that resonated with a lot of people because some people were me in this their situation. Some people were my husband. Like, so, um, and I was very open about like our debt payoff. I don't share specific numbers anymore, but if you go back, you could a ton of stuff. But I mean, I was sharing like how much we paid off in a month, um, how much we were saving, all of those things. So I think the just the support that I was able to provide other people um, and just how I was vulnerable made other people feel comfortable sharing like, oh, wow, I struggle with that too. Or I'm not alone. And money is still such a like a taboo topic. And a lot of people don't have someone to like talk about finances with. So I kind of became like, hey, like, we can chat as friends, you know, make this super casual. It doesn't have to be super formal. Um, And we can just like get this plan together and, you know, you can show up in your pajamas, you can have wine, coffee, like making it more just comfortable and relaxing, not as like high stress. So that's kind of the the journey of how I got to to here with uh, coaching. Yeah. So what made you realize, like, I really think that this is something that I want to explore because there's certain things that we all kind of like accomplish or start working on and people want to know like, oh, well, how did you do that? But how did it become something that you realize? Like, I think that this is what I'm really supposed to do and leaving your corporate job. And what did that look like? For the coaching, I felt like, so, you know, I just think that money is a tool. So, you know, and it gives you choices. So, you know, I've worked with people who make $30,000 a year and people who make $300,000 a year. Um, Your income necessarily doesn't determine if you're good with money or if you even have money. Um, But for me, it's like money gives you the choice to do things and make decisions based on what's best for you physically, mentally, emotionally. And that just helping people get to that point where they can make decisions, not based on like, can I afford this? Like, but really what's based for them, like best for them as a person is just like, literally life-changing and even for us like last year we had six thousand dollars of vet bills and trying to save my dog and we did everything and we were able to take money out of the equation and just be like do whatever you have to do and just like it relieves so much just anxiety and stress and you can take that weight off your shoulder and just being able to help other people with that just like 
I can't describe like the feeling, but like it lasts literally forever. Like this work isn't temporary. It literally lasts forever. So yes, of course, working, you know, in any coaching program, right. There's like an investment to pay for things and, um, or there's time commitments. I always tell everyone like, you have to put in the work. I can't pay your debt for you. I can't save for you. I can't pay your bills. You have to do it. But if you do, and we get to this point, like this will literally last forever, like the rest of your life. Like it's not a one time thing where you feel great and move on. And it's just like, can actually change someone's life, like, and future generations. Cause then, you know, I'm helping set up kid account, like accounts for children and like generational wealth. And it can change. I mean, it can change everything. So just the fact that like having, you know, being able to talk with people and getting a plan together for me, it just is like, so reward. I mean, it's so rewarding. I could talk about money all day. I could do coaching calls all day if I had the time to do it. I don't, but I love it. It brings me so much joy just to see the transformation even in a few weeks of like being super stressed, overwhelmed to like, oh my gosh, I can do this. Like, this is actually fun. Like I had someone say the other day, like I was tracking my expenses and it was fun. So I decided to go back and track other months. And it's just like, you wouldn't have said that like too much, you know, it's just like, it's so fun to see like the light bulb kind of just click and realize like I can do this. It's accessible for me. Like there's no reason everyone can't have some kind of financial freedom and their own version of financial freedom. And I think we need to all talk about money, you know, more talk about it with our friends, our family, coworkers, you know, every, like the more we share, it actually helps everyone in the end. It's, I feel like we kind of got stuck in this bubble of like, don't share anything, like keep it all to yourself. And then it's like, but if you are open about it, it actually can, you know, help change other people's trajectories too. So that was a long rambling, but I just feel like I get, I just, I love it. I just feel like it's exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I connect with my clients. Like I know their dog's name, you know, like I know everything. This isn't just like a transaction. It's like, I'm in your life. <laughs> like you're stuck with me. I just, I love every aspect of it. I love how you said that it's accessible to everyone, like whether you make $30,000 or $300,000, which it is so true. And and one thing I think that sometimes people don't realize that like money is just like, it's an ebb and flow. Like it constantly will always come in and come out. And it's just deciding like where your priorities are. And so really like someone with $300,000 could be blowing it all. I mean, I know you and I have probably sat down and gone through people's financials and I've like where you're creating, you know, I used to be like back on the back end and putting all the numbers in and not all they do. And I'm like, where does this person's money go? Like, what are you spending all of this on? But when you really like sit down and pull all that back to realize like, wow, there's a lot of money that could be going other places. So I totally agree with you on that. Hey friend, have you ever thought about creating a podcast of your own, but you don't quite know all of the steps to take? It seems really scary and hard to create your own podcast. Well, actually podcasting is not as hard as it seems to get your podcast out onto the air. I have a free masterclass for you where I break down all of the ways that you can create a podcast, what I would do differently if I were to start over with my podcast, and I show you all the ways that you can create a podcast and the different platforms and what I would choose. I believe that everyone has a podcast inside of them and we all have something to share and the world needs to hear it. 
So if you've been thinking about creating your own podcast and you don't know where to start, girl, I got you. Head to the show notes of this episode where you can sign up for my free masterclass on podcasting. I would love, you talked about, and I kind of feel like it's this term that we're hearing before we dive into what we're going to talk about today and how you can use financials to help fund your calling. You use the word generational wealth, and I feel like that that has become more of kind of like a, I don't know, hot word, or I don't know what you want to call we want to call that. But it's something, you know, that I, I feel like I've been hearing more often of, and you hear business owners saying, I'm creating generational wealth, or I'm saving for generational wealth. And a lot of people are like, what does that mean? So can you explain what that means? Yeah. So, you know, if you think about like yourself, right, like you're saving for short term things, or maybe things like within your lifetime, you know, your own retirement, or I don't know, your dream home, whatever, things that are for like you and your lifetime. So what we're thinking of is like beyond your life, things you can leave your children or grandchildren. So setting up um, specific investment, you know, investing accounts or even like property because you can, you know, leave real estate to your children or grandchildren, setting up them or opening accounts for your children now and putting in so that they have money later. So we're thinking beyond ourselves and thinking like, how can I set up you know, future generations, either with recurring income, so like leaving them businesses, real estate, things like that, or, you know, investing account or investments that they can then continue and leave. So like, um, for us, like my son's nine months old. So obviously, he doesn't know much right now. But we have like three different accounts for him all have different purposes. Um, and for us, it's like, okay, if we can put in money now and like set him up so that he can start ahead of where we started. And that's like, you know, you're thinking of like, what's next, like our kids, grandkids, how can we give them like a better start than we had? Um, And or at least give them, you know, a helping hand now so that, you know, when they want to buy a house or something, maybe they have part of a down payment already there. Or, you know, education, obviously, I don't know what it'll look like in 18 years. But like, can we save that maybe he won't need to take out any loans, you know, for school, and like, we are saving for that. So we're helping him out. So I mean, the most basic way is just, gener- you know, generational wealth. So wealth that goes beyond your, you know, the generation, um, and just saving for either your kids, not even your kids, if you want to save for your friends, kids, or like, you know, your nephews, nieces, just preparing the next generation setting, you know, so they have a better start, you know, financially than we we had. I love how you kind of touched on that and how it's like generational and it can go even just beyond your kids, which is a great thing to start because sometimes like we don't realize that we can even do those things and it and it is very little that you can be putting spending per month that can make a down payment of a house by the time your kid is in their 20s. So I love that. I think I saw something like if you put I don't know, it's like 100 or $200 a month in account for your child from when they're zero to 18. Like that's it. And then you left it and they didn't touch it till they retired. Like they kind of use that as their retirement. They'd have like $7 million or something insane. Like it is like compound interest. People like, it's just like, it's insane what you can do with that. And it doesn't take a lot. And that's why like with our child, we're starting so early is because I don't know if we'll be able to keep this up forever. I highly doubt the amount we're putting in now I'm going to be able to keep up. So I'm trying to like put as much 
And now, so that time is on our side and it can just continue, you know, continue to grow. I mean, it's easy of saying like for us, like I'm the person for, you know, birthdays, Christmas to be like, he doesn't need more toys. Can you contribute to his, you know, 529 for college or his UGMA for his future? Like little things like that, even if your family gives $20 for your child, you know, whatever, it's like just putting it to use um, instead of getting than another thing that they use for 10 minutes and then like forget about So like yeah it doesn't sound fun now but like I mean I would have liked like now being 30 you know 30 it's like if my parents were like here's two hundred thousand dollars we've been saying I'd be like oh yeah you know like I'd be like this is much better than the toy from when I was five you know or whatever so of course there's a balance like not saying never get your children anything but it's just if you can think a little longer like in the longer term of like okay like if I can just put a hundred dollars like even every few months um it does you know if invested it does add up and it can grow like crazy mm, yeah okay let's dive in I kind of I my mind I'm like oh my gosh we could make a whole episode on how you can do stuff for your kids <laughs> but let's talk about how can we use financials to help fund our dreams? Because a lot of times people have these ideas and these things that they want to build, but when they go to realize, well, the education I need to figure that out, that's like a couple thousand dollars here. And I'm going to have to invest to start my business, but I don't really have any startup money and I don't have like funds to pull them from. How do people use their financials to help fund their dreams? Yeah. And that was me. Like when I started my business, I had debt. Like I was, you know, when I started my official business, not just my blog that like cost like nothing to run. Um, you know, my, I was married, like marrying into six figures of debt. So I had $154,000 debt and I had nothing allocated for my business at the time. Cause I wasn't really like proactively thinking that like, Oh, I'm going to probably start a business one day. And so I get that guilt too, that comes with it of like, I have personal or family financial goals how do I like start this and like take away you know like take away and there is like an internal battle that you go through because I went through it of like I could be putting this money towards credit card debt or student you know or something like I could be doing this with it and so I just want like the disclaimer out there like if you feel that way or you're going if like I, those emotions will come up like this isn't black and white. It's not simple. The things will go through like, oh my gosh, just do this. Like I get there's a lot of, you know, like mental, emotional things that you go through when you're trying to start when you don't have that like cushion or fun. So um, the few things I always tell people is like, if you know this is something you want to do, um, make sure your personal finances are like in order because you'll feel a lot better about it. So like if you don't know where your money like we you know if you don't know where your money's going at all, like you don't know what you're spending on, you don't even know how much you could allocate to a business or save for or you know you're calling, then you need to do that first. And it doesn't have to be complicated, but like very simply like you know, track a month of your expenses, figure out where your money's going. Um if there's anything you can even temporarily cut or reduce, do it, you know, see how much your leftover is after your expenses. And then that money is now what you can allocate, of course, to like saving debt, even your business. So first, you need to get the finances in order. Um, And then from there, you can either, you know, create like a sinking fund, which is just like a savings fund for a specific purpose. So if you know, okay, I'm going to give myself six months to save up something for this, you know, business or calling and then I'm going to start like a little bucket for this and I'm going to put 
X dollars in each month. I'm going to label it whatever my you know business idea is. And I'm just going to save kind of like some seed money so I can make that a first investment and then hope from there, obviously, I'm like generating some kind of <laughs> income. Um, you can, if you have a savings already, you know, you can decide, you know, talk, if you're married, talk to your spouse or your partner, figure out like how much of that you could allocate. I... I know some people are all about like, just put it on a credit card and like hope for the best. And I just like, I can't, I can't recommend it. I know some people it works and I've heard plenty of success stories. Like I put $10,000 on my credit card and it was the best, like, but I just like, it gives me major anxiety when I hear that. And I just can't recommend it. If you want to do that, like that's your own thing. But I personally am like, I'm not going to tell anyone to do that. Like, I don't know your thoughts on all of that. But I feel like mm-hmm. there's so many people who are like, just put on a credit card and figure it out. And I just, I can't, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I totally agree with you in that. And like what I in the stuff I've worked in, and most of the stuff other than one thing um, that was like a loan from my dad, but everything that I have paid for in business was money I knew was in a bank account somewhere. And otherwise I do not buy or invest in stuff unless I know that the money is there to pay for it because yes, it will eventually like recoup itself, but what if it doesn't? And then you're left with that debt and you're trying to figure out how to pay for it when you don't have the funds. Yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, like I said, there's obviously sp- like certain situations. I mean, if it's like a hundred dollars and you're waiting for the next paycheck and you need to pay, like, are there things that we could probably like make it work? Yes. But I just, the like, you know, high ticket cost, you know, high ticket items where it's like, put this $3,000, $4,000 thing on your credit card and you're already struggling with credit card debt or whatever. It just, so, you know, try to get your personal finances, at least a plan together. You might still have debt. I mean, I had debt with starting my business, but at least you feel good. Like I know where every dollar is going. Then if you can start saving in advance, like give yourself six months to save, like, okay, I'm going to start getting the back end organized or I'm going to start getting things set up. Um, do as much like, you know, free things, you know, free things as you can or low cost things as you can. I mean, I started super low cost, like when it came to like back end stuff, like I didn't start, I did invest in like a coaching program pretty quick. Cause I knew I needed accountability and support. That's just how like I operate. Like I need someone to push me and that's, I knew that was the way I was going to get results faster. But like a lot of the programs I was like, I personally was going like the you know, free or like low cost until I was making money where I was like, okay, now it's time to upgrade. But you don't always need like the fanciest things to start. And I feel like sometimes social media like pressures you a little bit to feel like you need all of that. But um, save if you can, allocate your savings if you have, find the investment that makes sense for the stage you're in. Like you don't need to automatically invest in everything when you start. You know, if it is a certification you need, Maybe you focus on that first before you invest in like some other program or like a marketing program or whatever. Um, if you struggle with, I don't know, like getting a, you know, maybe you want to start with a general business coach or someone like that. So really dive into what investment you're going to make and why you're making it. Like really un- understand the why behind it. And I tell clients that with most purchases is really understand why you purchased it. Like was it based on a feeling you felt that, you know, were you sad that day? Were you stressed that day? Were you happy? Like, why did you get it? Um, Because it helps us understand like our triggers and impulse spending and all those things. But um, back to the calling and financials. Um, 
Make sure you have your personal finances in order. Have open conversations with your spouse or partner or whoever your support person is, if you haven't already. Like, make sure they understand the importance of this. Like, this isn't just a, you know, hobby you're trying to start. Like, this is something you want to take seriously. And if you're going to invest for it or in it, like, take it seriously. Like, if you put $500,000, $2,000 into this, like, don't just throw that, you know, don't just throw the money away. Like, use that investment um, and get as much as you can out of it. But if you can prepare as much as you can, save. Um, like I said, I'm not someone who's going to recommend going into debt in general for it, but to each, to each their own when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about sinking funds and having the different funds. And I'm thinking, as a listener, I'd be thinking, so does that mean that you have different bank accounts for everything? Or does it all go in one account? And then you just kind of know how that money is allocated when someone's starting out? What is your advice on that? So personally, I love Ally Bank and I'm not sponsored by them. And I really, really wish I was, but I'm not. So um, because I use them, most of my clients do. I just, The only reason I really recommend them is because within one savings account, you can have 10 buckets. So you can label mm-hmm. like for 10 goals. So you could have like your emergency fund for personal use or like repairs or pets or kids. And then you can have like your business or whatever sinking funds. Um, so that if you want it all in one account, that's what I recommend. You could just, you know, on a piece of paper or Excel, like manually track it. So you could have the whole amount, you know, in one account and then manually track it once you, you know, for saving. And then of course, once your business or whatever is actually existing, then you want to open like a separate you know, business bank account um, and keep your personal and business finances separate because it'll make it a lot easier when it comes to taxes, much easier to track. Um, It's just better overall. But until you're at that point, it's totally fine to keep that kind of like seed money, you know, in with your personal finances. You just want to know how much you have allocated for it. So when you take that money out, you know, this is what it's for. I don't have to feel guilty about it. I saved for this purpose. It's not pulling from, you know, other goals. This is what it's for. And that helped me a lot with like the guilt, knowing like, this is what I allocated this money for. Like, I'm not, you know, taking it from my like family or whatever. Like, this is what I saved for. And I'm just using it for like the purpose I saved it for. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that's a great, great thing. And I've, I've heard great things about Allied Bank as well. So it's not and in my head. I'm like, it's because it has your name in it too, right? Like everything I, else. <laughs> I, I, I've used them for, I think eight years or nine. Like, so, I mean, I've been a customer for a while it's, and I, like I said, I don't get paid by them. I really wish I did, but I don't. So um, it's a free, you know, it's free to use if, you know, I would say when you're choosing a bank in general, just make sure you're looking at, you know, no fees. At this point, there's so many banks, you shouldn't be paying any bank fees, no minimum balance requirements, um, and really no, you know, any kind of fee in general, not just like balance. But there's, I mean, there's a ton of banks. I always tell people, I don't really care what you use, just make sure you're using something, you know, picking something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to kind of touch on, so once like people get their business up and going, um, I know there's like a few accounts that 
are always great and that people want to start doing because you've created this business so that you can save for your future and for your retirement. So once a business owner is starting to make some money and they're seeing stuff and it's like, okay, I could start putting money somewhere from my business. What are the first few accounts that you start telling or that you tell a business owner to use as a vehicle to help their business and to help their future? So I always say, even when you're starting, like get in the habit of saving. So even if it's like, if you make $100, you're saving $10, you know, like just, it doesn't have to be drastic, but just get in the habit of when you are making money, you're always saving money because one that will help fund future investments. Say you have, say you do want to invest in a $10,000 program or something. You don't even have to necessarily worry about like you could, you know, income coming in, but you have that there if you need a you know, pay for it today or something like that. Um, it also just gives you the cushion if maybe you have like a slower month, depending on the type of business you have, or I mean, we didn't expect everything in 2020 to happen. So it gives you that cushion. Um, so start saving like immediately. Like I said, even if it's, if you make a hundred, you save 10, like just get in the habit of saving. You can set percentages like, okay, if I'm going to always save 10% of everything, you know, I make, it's just going to go in like a business savings account, or you can really go in a high yield savings account if you're set up as like an LLC. Um, but just start, that's something you can do like day one of your business is like just the, it's just building the habit. Cause the amount we can always change. That's the easy part. It's just the habit of forcing yourself to save and not like spending, you know, spending everything. <laughs> um, and then, so once you feel like that, you, you know, you, you get that habit down, you can save for specific business goals, just like you would for personal. Um, you used to say you want to like hire a full-time employee. I don't know, you know, hire someone, maybe you want to have like three months of their expenses saved just in case. So, you know, you can always like pay them. Like you're not worried about like, I'm now responsible for like, you know, the well-being of this person. Like what if I have a slow month and now I can't like pay this person that I promised I'd pay or whatever. So, you know, depending on your business structure and your goals and your team, you can start saying like kind of splitting your even business savings into buckets based on um, goals. If you need equipment or something, if you know, maybe you want to upgrade your equipment or whatever. So you can kind of start doing that. And then once you feel like, you know, that's going well, then you can look into different like investing opportunities. So you can have like a SEP IRA, which is like for self-employment, um, you can also do like a solo 401k if you're set up as like an S corp where like your business is kind of contributing to your retirement account for you, which disclaimer, I'm not an accountant. So if you're like, how do I do all the tax stuff? I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm not the correct person. But you know, those are accounts you can set up. You can also use a Roth IRA, which you can do whether you're self-employed or not. Like you could start a Roth IRA literally today and then continue to contribute to it when you start your business. So um, there's a ton of different, you know, accounts, but I would say your main focus initially is going to just be saving just like you would personal use. Um, and then, you know, if you're full time in your business, then you'll want to, of course, think of different retirement, you know, um, opportunity like savings accounts or investing accounts. Um, and then there's, of course, things you can add in your children and do different things. But to keep it simple, saving first, savings goals, and then from there, you know, retirement or different investing. Yeah. 
Oh, so great. I've loved this conversation. And we may have to revisit this because like you had said, there's some places for your things for your children, which people don't know, like you can then pay your children and then your children can have a 401k. And actually there's different ways that your kids can pull from their education from a 401k or an IRA. I don't really know which one, but it's one of IRA. And then doing your Roth, like you can pull out your contributions technically, no matter what. It's just, you can't pull out your gains. Not that I'm recommending anyone do that your money if you can. But, you know, there's so many things that like you can do. And if you're a high income earner and you income out of the Roth IRA, you can technically do a backdoor Roth and still get in. That's how the rich people do it. But, you know, there's so many, so many things. <laughs> oh, this has been such a great conversation. And I think that there's been so many great little nuggets of wisdom that people who are just starting out and trying to get things kind of grounded and based, um, is gonna, there's going to be some great information for them. So thank you so much for sharing everything that you have shared with me today. Um, I always ask people, hold on, let's see if I got it pulled up. Okay. Well, I normally always let people pick a number between one and 300 and you get to answer a random question for fun. So I'm just going to ask you a random question for fun. What was your favorite band in high school and why? band gosh <laughs> I don't really have a I don't even know I'm trying to think of like where I what a high school I, I feel like I feel like this question around our age either means you were like on the green day side Ooh. were you on the the boy band side See, boy band for me was like I was younger like you know I feel like boy bands I was like it was like elementary middle like the real like the the prime boy band like stage I was like, like, you know, NSYNC, 98, whatever, like all of those. I was more like, I was younger than high school. Joe was probably in high school because he's older than me. (laughs) Uh, Gosh, there's so many. Okay. If you don't, if you don't have a favorite one, I have another question. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Let's do this since it's going to be in September. When you were in kindergarten, do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Kindergarten kindergarten first grade second grade when you were little when I was little I always wanted to be a lawyer I don't know why um because then I don't want to I zero percent wanted to be a lawyer um older um I have a fun a funny preschool story which is not what you asked me but um when I don't know if you did this in preschool or whatever where you like had a book about your you wrote like a book about your family where you pretty much just drew like stick figures of your mom and then like your teacher would write down your answers like my mom is this and then like you drew so anyway I have my book and it's still in my room like at my parents house and I wrote you know it was like my mom is blank years old and your teacher would ask you the question you fill it in so I wrote that my mom was 18 years old and I wrote that my dad was 60 and it's like in my book and it's just like, I'm like four, you know, and it's like, the teacher's probably just like, whatever. It's like, my mom is 18 years old. And then it's like, my dad is 60 years old. And it's just like, <laughs> like, is this okay? Like, is that means that her mom had her at like 14 and like her dad was in his fifties. Like, is this legal? Disclaimer, that was not the case. My dad is currently in almost 62 or 61 now. But I just like love going through what I thought at the time. It's like my mom's favorite activity is to play with me and like eat mac and cheese. And it's just like (laughs) not related at all. But that's what I was thinking of when I was thinking of what I wanted to be. It's probably in that book when I was four. I'll have to find out and get back to you. But the earliest I can think of was 
a lawyer and I wanted to be a child advocate. I was always very like specific on the law. I wanted to like represent children, but then I didn't want to go to law school. So I never did that. I just can think of when I went to a Jesse McCartney concert in high school and a Neo concert and those, my dad came, I was the oldest. So my dad had to follow me everywhere. Like I wasn't allowed to go anywhere alone. So like, it'd be like me, a friend and like my dad at everything. So <laughs> I was never allowed anywhere. <laughs> oh, I love oh that. gosh, so many children stories. Okay, Yay. the last question I always ask people is if you could go back and give yourself any piece of advice, what would it be? I would say, especially being the oldest child, like I'm the oldest. And so I feel like I always put a lot of pressure on myself to like never make mistakes, not never, you know, like not never make mistakes, but I felt like I couldn't mess up. Like I couldn't mess up because I'm letting the entire family down because the whole pressure, like the whole family weight is like on my shoulders. And I feel like to just my, if I had to go back, I would just tell myself to like, just live a little bit. I was very like high strung growing up and even in college because I just like was the old, I don't know, just carried around that like oldest child guilt, I guess. Um, and so that like, no one really cares. Like you care more about your mistakes than most people care. Like anytime I felt like, Oh my God, like everyone's going to feel like I let them down or like everyone's going to make this a big thing. Like no one cared. Like side story that this could be an episode by itself was like, I was engaged after college and I called off my wedding. Um, and I making that decision, like I felt like no one, like everyone's going to hate me. Like, there's no way I can do this. Like, I just remember telling my mom or whatever. And she was just like, okay, sounds good. Like, let's, you know, get it. We'll get it. Like I'll handle everything. Like no one cared. They were like, I just want you to be happy. We just want what's best for you. And I was just like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like I like internally debated the decision for so long. Cause I'm like, I have to go through with it. Like I have to, I made this decision. There's no way out. Like I have to do this. Like, I don't have any other options. Like you, you said it, Allie, like you have to go through with it. And once I like told someone for the first time, everyone was like, Hey, sounds good. Like we don't, no one cares. Like we just want you to be happy. So I think for me, it's like, you know, just giving, like going back and being like, give yourself some grace. Like you care more than other people. Like just let things go and like do what's best for you, which is, very long answer, but that's kind of what I would tell myself. <laughs> I love it. If people want to find you after this episode, where can they reach out to you? Um, Instagram is definitely the best. I'm on Instagram way too much. So if you listen to this episode, send me a DM, say hi, let me know what you thought. If you want to chat about Netflix shows, let us know. We can talk about that too. Um, <laughs> so Instagram, it's financially focused. So financially, but with an I, so A-L-L-I at the end. Um, Instagram's the best. My website has like a ton of stuff. Like I said, I started as a blog. So there's a ton of free information. Um, there's free challenges and freebies. There's information on my programs. That's definitely the hub for information purposes. So definitely check that out. Um, but say hi on Instagram. I'm literally on Instagram every day. So that's where I'll be. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? 
Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling Podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling Podcast Community. It's free, so why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper and I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.